Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 259. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. Richard Ryerson here. Thank you for tuning in to Dose of Leadership, episode 259. So excited to bring to you today Chris Heller, who is the CEO of Keller Williams. I've just been fascinated with Keller Williams over the past, I don't know, eight months. I didn't really know much about real estate other than my agents that have helped me buy and sell homes over the past years. But I just kind of assumed all real estate agencies were the same. Remax, Century 21, Coldwell Banker, Keller Williams, all that they were the same. I've come to learn. I've become some friends uh, with some Keller Williams folks and some other real estate. I mean, a lot of my friends are real estate agents. But I found something unique with Keller Williams, and I really started investigating and asking more questions, and I've just been so excited to learn more about them. Again, I, don't, I haven't used them. I've never used them as an agent, so this isn't a plug for them. This is just my honest assessment that there's something unique going on with their culture. And I talk about it. The reason, I guess why it's resonated with me so much is because the Marine Corps, which you've heard me talk about so much on this show, um, is a, a leadership culture. I mean, it's the reason why the Marine Corps is so good at what they do is because they are invested in a culture of leadership. And it's hard to articulate what does that mean. You know, you hear the words culture and yeah, okay. But it's, you know, it's just not a one-time activity. It's just who you are. And I coming to find that Keller Williams is unique in that aspect, that they really are about the culture, more specifically of training everyone to think and act like a leader slash entrepreneur, personal development, professional growth. It is all about developing those around you as opposed to tactically, you know, becoming proficient, which is a given. You need to be technically and tactically proficient in your job, but there's something deeper going on. And that's why I was excited to get uh, Chris Heller on the show because we explore that topic in depth about what makes them unique. And I think you're really going to appreciate this conversation because it gets into why it's so important to develop that leadership culture and to invest into others and to give freely, even when you don't feel like you've reached that level. And I think that's the important thing. We, we feel like we need to reach a certain level before we can actually start impacting and influencing others. And that's the big myth. You can lead for exactly from where you're at. And just because you can't throw a 100-mile fastball doesn't mean that you can't coach somebody or influence somebody or extract greatness in somebody to get them to throw that 100-mile fastball. Does that make sense? So it's a constant process. You need to invest in others, add value to others, even though you don't feel like you're ready. If you do that, you'll never you'll never get anything done. So it's it's a symbiotic relationship. And anyway, I'm, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but I think you'll understand when we have this conversation with Chris Heller. Chris Heller is the CEO of Keller Williams. 
He earned his real estate license when he was just 20 years old, and he's built one of the most successful real estate teams in the United States. Under his leadership, his team has sold more than 100 homes a year for the past two decades. And in 2015, he was named uh, one of the top 100 doers who are driving change in the industry. And uh, already this year, he's been named one of the 10 most powerful and influential corporate executives in residential real estate. I think you really appreciate this conversation. Quick couple plugs. If you're finding value in Dose of Leadership, hey, subscribe, rate, and review. Go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, leave some comments, leave a rating and review. It helps so much for the visibility of the show. Also, if you want to support this show financially, I do, don't do any advertising, but if you want to support me and help continue this show that's three years plus and running and growing, um, I do this for free on my own dime and any support financially that you want to do to help see uh, Dose of Leadership grow. And if you're finding some value, go to patreon.com slash dose of leadership or go to doseofleadership.com. Click on the support us on Patreon banner in the left sidebar or in the menu item and you can contribute to the show. Any donations would be highly appreciative. All right. Here's Chris Heller, CEO of Keller Williams. You're really going to enjoy this conversation here on Dose of Leadership. Well, Chris, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to Dose of Leadership. Well, thank you. Um, It's an honor to be here. You know, I've really, over the last, I don't know, eight months, I've met a lot of folks on the Keller Williams brand. And I've really, and I don't know much about real estate. I've never been a realtor. Of course, you know, I've I've dealt with realtors when I sold houses. But there's something different about Keller Williams, and it's about the culture, it seems like. And the, the guys that I've met are really, I don't know, entrepreneurial. Um, they seem to be passionate about leadership and growth. Is that unique to the Keller Williams brand, you think? I think it is. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if I want to say it's unique. I think it's, it's, it's much deeper here than it is in, in other companies in our industry. And it's, it's just part of who we are. Uh, you know, and it, it starts with, you know, with the founder of the company, Gary Keller. He is very much an entrepreneur. He's a real estate agent. He's a he's an educator. He's an author, and he's built the company uh, in in that same fashion. And so all the the executive team in this company and the board are all real estate agents, and we're uh, you know now the largest real estate company in the world. We're the only one that is has a complete leadership team that's made up of of agents. We're the uh, only or we're the we're the last remaining national brand that's privately owned and and uh, we're very entrepreneurial. Uh, all of us in a leadership position have um, a lot of different roles we play and and have, have, have sort of grown up in the company. So you started. Let's go. Let's talk about you and your beginnings. You you started when you were twenty. You got your real estate license. What was your dream then? Was it always to be into real estate or what was it? No, you know, I get my, uh, it was after my sophomore year, is right as my sophomore year was coming to an end, my dad called me and said, hey, you're going to get your real estate license and come up here and work for the summer. And up here was Lake Tahoe, and, and it was at a timeshare resort. So it was just a summer job that, that required me to have my real estate license that um, turned into a, 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 a job that lasted for about three years and going to school the whole time. Uh, but during that three-year period, I, I met a real estate broker who, for three years from the time I met him, recruited me and, and tried to get me to get into real estate. And now, I was always interested in real estate. My grandfather 
it was a real estate investor and, and I, uh, owned a, a, bought a property right before my 21st birthday. <clears throat> so as a homeowner and, you know, at that level I had an interest in it, but never had thought about a career in real estate. And, and finally after three years, he, um, caught me at a weak moment. I said, all right, I'll give it a try. And, and went into the real estate industry not knowing really anything about the industry or what a real estate agent did. Interesting. So going back to that question, what what did you really want to be when you grew up? I guess. You know, <laughs> well, it depends on what what age you, you know. You look at. I remember when I was uh, in high school, probably a freshman or sophomore, going in. We had to go into the counselor's office and tell them what we wanted to be. And um, and I think I was probably a you know fifteen, sixteen years old. And I, I went in and said, I want to be a professional athlete. Right. And I remember, and she said, What type? And I said, You know, football, baseball, basketball. It, any one of those three would be, would be great. Um, unfortunately, the uh, didn't have the physical attributes to to be able to do that. Uh, when I graduated high school, I thought I wanted to be an accountant, and I got cured of that after my second accounting course in college. <laughs> right. um, and at that point, really didn't know what I wanted to do. I had I always had an interest in business, and 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 was entrepreneurial from a very young age, but uh, you know. Fortunately for um, that broker that I met who talked me into getting into real estate, it was a um, it was a great match for me. So when did things start clicking? I mean, at what point you're like, man, this is I'm really kind of digging this. What I'm going to make a go at this? Well, yeah, you know, it, was, it was. So my first thirty days in the business, I when I joined, I said, okay, I'll I'll do this real estate thing, but I I don't want to sell houses. I want to be a commercial agent. I want to sell big buildings and and big stuff and. And after about 30 days of, of realizing I had no clue what, you know, commercial real estate was all about or how it worked, um, I had the opportunity to watch the, the top residential agent who sat across from me in the office and who also uh, worked the neighborhood that I that I owned a place in. So I got to see her from a consumer's side and also, you know, from an agent side and, and realized, you know what, I could do this. I could do what she does. And she was very good. And, very professional and was the top agent in the office. Uh, so I made that decision, and once I made that decision, uh, I will, there was no hesitation on my part. It was, I, I remember my very first appointment telling the, the homeowner that, hey, this is my career. I've made the decision. This is my career. No one is going to work harder than I will. No one is more serious about being successful in this, in this business than I am, and all I need is the opportunity to, to show you, and, and he gave me that opportunity, which became my first client. Cool. So what is it, if, if you had to name a prerequisite for success or significance in this field, what would you tell all your brand new agents? What is something they definitely have to have that's non-negotiable? You know, here's the thing about, about real estate. There's, there's a lot of ways to be successful in, in our business. and There's a lot of ways to do the business. There's some things that I've seen that um, – that are probably more common with the successful people than not. Uh, you know, some of those things are, are being persistent and being consistent. I, I tell agents all the time, if you can be persistent and consistent in your activities, you'll win more times than not. Mm-hmm. And if you add to that enthusiasm, then then you have another notch up. And, and if you add to that skills, then you can become, you know, then the sky's the limit. I love that. The persistency, the consistency, the enthusiasm. 
those are all leadership qualities that we want from our leaders. If we're just talking about leadership in general, I mean, those are things that as leaders that we have to be, right? Yeah, I think um, yeah, two of the things I realized early on, which which um, I, I definitely think helped along the way, was, uh, and this is just from observing, you know, the the, the agents that I that I worked with and the agents that, that were uh, I was competing with. If I did two things, I would be head and shoulders above most of them. And one was if I just did what I said I was going to do. Um, and the other was if I just always told the truth. And not to say that agents lie, but a lot of times they, they wouldn't be forthright uh, or, or they'd be afraid to, to self, tell someone the truth because they might lose a client or, or may not get the deal. Um, so I made the decision early on, like, which was a fit for who I am naturally, was to like, I'm, I, I just kind of do everything I say I'm going to do. I'm always going to tell the truth. And, and because that's how I like to be dealt with. And those are, those are things I think from a leadership standpoint, you know, back then I wasn't thinking anything about leadership or, or, or wasn't even a, a thought process. But when I look back now, those are things that I know I would, would and did value in, in the leaders that, that I got to be around. At what point did you start making the transition or start to realize? It's always interesting when you, when you, listen or, or see somebody's leadership journey, there's always a point, a transition where you do start to become intentional about, hey, I need to be intentional about this study of leadership, of entrepreneurship, whatever the case may be. When do you think that happened for you? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the year, but I remember having the thought. And, and for a long time, so as my, let me back up, as my business grew, I needed help. I needed administrative help. I needed uh, assistance uh, uh, to work with my with my clients and to show properties and to do different aspects of the business. And I always have the attitude that this is a sales business. I'm a salesperson. I'm a professional salesperson. I'll work on my skills and my sales skills every day. Um, but I, I don't need to be a good manager or leader of people. I just need to find people that that operate like I operate and think like I think. And what I experienced, <laughs> that was a very naive uh, thought process and approach, and what I experienced over several years was a revolving door of, of people coming and going. Um, I would attract really good people, but because I wasn't a, a great leader or a great manager um, and, and didn't actually even really try to be, um, they would leave. And, and finally, coming to the realization that, wait a minute, there's a common denominator here. Uh, and the common denominator is me, and and you know these people are are really good people that have that have come and left, and it's because of something I'm doing or not doing, and that's when I really start to in my mind make that that transition. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we are we're all guilty of that. I think I think we put so much emphasis on the the technical and tactical proficiency of whatever we're tasked to do salesman, accountant, pilot, whatever the case may be. And we think if we just become the best at that, everything else is going to be easy from then on out. And it, and it you seem to wake up. And like in your case, it was this constant turn, turnover of, of people walking in and out the door. I'm like, what is going on? So, yeah, so that's kind of when the leadership bell, I guess, started to to ring itself. And you said, what, what can I do? What did you intentionally start doing? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I... I Definitely started to 
put in a concerted effort into, you know, being a better a better person and a better leader. And, you know, meaning really actually, um, not that I was not interested before, but I wouldn't express it a lot of times. Um, so, you know, expressing my, my interest in, in the well-being and, and really focusing on helping the others succeed. Um, and I think it was, it, there was, a, there was another, um, whole level for me. And that was when I, um, was introduced to the leadership at Keller Williams. So for the first 16 years of my career, I was with a, another company. And then in 2004, got introduced to, to Keller Williams Realty. And when I met the leadership at Keller Williams and, and also started to learn about the company, um, there were a lot of, of exciting and new concepts to me. Not, not, they weren't new concepts to the world, but to me that, um, you know, the concept of, of succeeding through others, the concept of, uh, helping people get they want and, 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 and knowing that once I do that, I'll, I'll get the things I need or that I want. And really that was a, another big changing point in my career. It's interesting. Yeah. When you find that kind of, um, examples and it's so I love that you said that because I think almost I know for myself and other people that I've known it's at some point you realize you can't do it by yourself and then you realize that you're standing on the shoulders of some of or you see examples of great styles of leadership you also see bad styles and and both are equal in your journey about choosing which way you're going to go and seeing those examples is is paramount uh to, to that mind shift I love that. Uh, I love that story. I love that example. But um, so, what do you do now? I mean, I think what I, yeah, you hit on the head of it, the culture that I find unique is that. Um, I mean, a lot of organizations see it, and, I, and I'm sure not other real estate agencies have it too. But this idea of uh, worrying less about your progression and kind of outwardly making everybody else around you successful, and that's only going to elevate everyone. Is that a fair assessment? It really is. I mean, our company um, was built that way. You know, putting the agents first and and helping the agents achieve what they want. Uh, Gary Keller and Keller Williams never had to uh, be worried about what you know about the company if we if we knew that we were taking care of the agents. Yeah, yeah. So is that the different? I mean, is is it almost like you're teaching every agent every agent that comes in the door? You're teaching them. Or you're giving them the opportunity to eventually run their own business someday. Well, it's it's it is much you know a lot of companies you'll use the, the phrase agent centric, but it Williams, it, it truly is. I mean, in in the truest sense of the of the phrase. So uh, most companies, it's it's the brand. I mean, I was with the company for 16 years, and they said, hey, because our our logo has 97 percent recognition around the globe, you know, it's, you'll benefit from being with this company. And and every time I heard that, I'd be like, uh, I don't get that. I don't mm-hmm. quite see that. Um, so, you know, we don't promote the brand. Uh, we put our resources into training and education and, 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 and impacting the agent's whole life and whole business, not just their, their sales skills. And, and in fact, our, our philosophy is that we stand behind the agent, not in front of the agent. So we're sort of, um, you know, powering them and their their desires to build their businesses and giving them the tools and training necessary to develop themselves 
uh, as great business people and as his leaders uh, and as great salespeople. Mm. It's almost like, too, if, if you adopt that philosophy, I'm curious to see, it's almost like um, how that kind of mentality um, filters down to the actual customer, the consumer, the person that's trying to buy or sell their home. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's that's a great thought. We um, earlier this week, and it might have been the end of last week, we were having this conversation about. Um, actually, it was it was this week, uh, and I was talking to someone, um, a marketing executive from outside our company, and I made the comment that you know one of the things we we've, we've never focused on, and nor are we right now on you know marketing to the consumer. Our agents are the ones that have the relationship with the consumers. Our 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 hope and desire and belief is that the consumers that deal with Keller Williams agents are dealing with a different caliber of agent. I'm not going to say better, or, or I'm just going to say different. Yeah. Um, that that have standards that are unique to to the, the beliefs that we have in this company that have a level of training and education that has gone deeper than uh, other agents are exposed to. And as an agent for 27 years, I know the the better trained I was and the better developed I was, the better service and advice I could provide to, to my clients. It's almost like the technical and tactical proficiency is a given, whereas before, and we kind of think that is the answer to everything, that's just a given part and, and you know, like you, that'll come through time and experience and through individual effort, but it's taken to the next level. It's, it's having that kind of leadership quotient or that, that emotional quotient of, of giving everything to the consumer because it's coming from the top. Everything is I'm giving to the agents, the agents are giving to the consumer, you know? And, and so I go into this, if I'm an agent with, with what you're talking about, I'm going into less as a, Selling mentality, though that's that's important, but it's more about a giving mentality, knowing that you're going to get something in return. Eventually, Absolutely, eventually. it's um, it's our it's our belief system. You know, a lot of companies have uh, you know vision statements or beliefs to uh, belief uh, statements or, or you know, um, we actually live them. You know, yeah. in our company, yeah. You know, it's when we say you know the customer always comes first. That is, that is, and our belief system is how we handle things, how we think about things, how we solve things, how we uh, negotiate, how we handle conflicts. They're, they're always the same. You know, when we say it's either win-win or no deal, that's not something that's, you know, just listed on our website or on a plaque in our lobby. That is how we view business transactions and how we view relationships. Well, I think this is why I'm so, I've been so intrigued by Keller Williams over the, the past few months. And again, it's just as I explore and I examine, examine company, companies and see what they do, what I'm seeing in, in what you're talking about is this, this emphasis of a culture. And again, I get excited about this because this coming from the Marine Corps it was the same thing. Everything was about the culture and what I mean by that of a culture of leadership. And, and that's really what you're doing or what you're professing when you're living it. It's a, it's, 
it's just something you are. It's not a once in a while activity. And that's, it's the hardest thing for me to articulate to people and to companies that look, leadership culture isn't again, a weekend activity or something you go to a course and get a certificate for. It's just, it's just who you are and what you do in, in everything. It, it is, and that's why um, it is hard to articulate. You know, it's it, because you have to experience it. Right. You know, I, I know our company is very experiential. I mean, I could talk to someone, maybe someone who's whom I'm recruiting about our culture, and and they would hear the words and right. and, and understand the words at whatever level they understood them, but they would never be able to to really feel it. And, and get it at the level they would if they were able to experience our company. And then by experience our company, I mean participating in our training or education or coming to one of our events where they go, wow, this is, this is different. This is different than what I've ever experienced before or different than how things are done at the, my previous, um, place of employment or, or where I worked before. Um, and so it's, it's, and I, you know, and I know even from my personal experience, if, if in 2004, when I was, um, you know, looking at all my options and ultimately made the decision to come to Keller Williams, if the conversation was, you know, gosh, Chris, you got to come here because we have the best culture in the world and our agents love our company, I would have been, you know, culture smulcher. Right. You know, right. You know, but then I get here and within a year I'm going, oh my gosh, this is so different. Yeah. This is, this is, it's so, Nice to be in a in a situation in a company in a culture where you know everyone's sort of marching to the same tune or or have the same beliefs and values and, and going in the same direction versus a lot of times you know when you're not in a company that's a cultural match it's almost like you're swimming upstream. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's again this is the whole reason why I wanted you on the show because just from the experiences that I've had with the the agents I've become friends with and had these great conversations about leadership. There's, I, I experienced, even though I wasn't buying or purchasing a house or selling a house, I was experiencing something different in the real estate realm. And I don't know. I just, I, I love what you're saying. I'm curious how the transition to CEO happened. At what point did you go, Hey, I want to be the CEO or how did it happen? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, at what point did I say that? That's yeah. easy. Never was <laughs> the answer. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, I came to the company in 2004. Um, I got a phone call in 2008 from the president and the CEO, and, and they said, you know, for many years we've been thinking about expanding Keller Williams beyond North America. And there were two things that, two reasons why we haven't. Number one, Gary Keller wanted us to become a certain size before we'd ever talk about going elsewhere. And number two, we wouldn't do it until we found the right person. And, and we spoke, and we, we both believe you'd be the right person to help us do that. Wow. Is that something you'd be interested in? And I said yes, not knowing at all what that meant or, or how that would be done or anything else. But I, I knew it was, it was a huge challenge, and that's that's what had me say yes. It was it was one of those things. Wait a minute, build Keller Williams in other countries, and I don't even know how real estate works in other countries or, or if we can do it. <laughs> right. You know, that was, it was a big enough challenge where I said, yeah, yeah, I want to do it. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I think I've prepared 27 years for something bigger and, and this, this sounds pretty big. So that was 2008 and in 2010 we actually uh, formalized that and, um, in May of 2010 I, I became the president of our worldwide division and, 
um, now in uh, about 20 different countries and still growing. And um, a, a a couple of years ago, there was um, the beginning conversations of, of a leadership transition with with our current leadership moving on to the the board and and myself and and John Davis is a great leader in the company. Uh, at about the time I started building worldwide, he became our vice president of growth for Keller Williams. And so for four or five years, Gary Keller and the board got to see us operate and and uh, and get uh, results that were, um, I guess. Uh, you know, <laughs> from my perspective, we're never good enough. But from the outside, we're <laughs> we're, we're good results. Right. And and I think when it came time for um, for the the transition, we were um, because we had proven ourselves. I think we, in their minds, were sort of the obvious choices to to help you know continue to build Keller Williams and, and take the company to the next level. I love how you said. You know, it was a big enough challenge. I didn't know how it was going to get done, but I just said yes to it. And I think that is such, I love that attribute of leadership and people, you know, because I do think it's a, a prerequisite for achieving significant things and for leadership. You kind of suspend the belief on how things are going to get done. You just know they're going to get done, right? It's like that, that I'm going to try this. I'm going to see it's that, you know, taking that leap. It's living in faith. It's willing to take the risk, all those things. I just, I love that mentality. Yeah, I think that I think there is a component of, of of you know of risk taking involved with it. You know, now I, I'm human like everyone else, and there were plenty of of of, of nights when I was asking myself, sure. why did they choose me? Why did they right. think I could do this? I don't know if I could do this. How am I going to do this? Um, but uh, I think <laughs> I think some of the answers to those questions is they knew some things about me that I probably didn't know about me. Right, um, and you know whether it was the the willingness to do what it takes, or or the uh, having the capacity to to work through the challenges, or no matter what the obstacle is, figuring out how to to get beyond it. Um, those are things that that sometimes other people can can see in someone that the person doesn't necessarily see or realize about themselves. Yeah, it's a great lesson. I think that's that's too is a, a prerequisite for leadership. I think it's as leaders you already assume you see the greatness in people or, or that a lot of times that the person themselves don't see. And if you can somehow influence them to extract that or give them the opportunities to, to find out for themselves, I mean, I think that's kind of the calling of leadership, I think. You know, what a great example of something. They saw something in you that you yourself didn't see. What about your yeah. personal habits now? I mean, what are you doing to um, continue to advance your leadership journey? Because it never ends, right? It never ends, you know. Uh, you know, always having um, you know mentors around my me and 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 learning from others. And you know, I'm a I'm an avid reader and, and always always reading on on the topic of of, of leadership and and you know self development. The um, and just I think there's just a I know for myself I'm 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 never satisfied with with where I'm at personally or, or right. what I'm doing or how I'm doing it. So there, because of that, I'm, I'm very aware of, um, of, of when I'm, where I'm not where I'd like to be. And also 
very aware of, of being able to observe, you know, um, people that are great at, at different things. And, and, and I can, I, I learn real well from just watching and observing. Yeah. And have known that of myself for a long time. I think that's good. I think that's a healthy thing to have that kind of constant, always wanting to improve. Um, it's a healthy balance, right? I mean, you can drive yourself crazy if you're never satisfied, but at the same time, it's all, you're always, it's the, I, I'm paraphrasing, but, um, where perfection, you know, is an impossibility, but the pursuit of it is kind of uh, the ideal way, right? You know, sure. yeah. yeah. I think that's, yeah. a, I love that kind of mentality of like, I know that I'm never going to be perfect, but I'm going to pursue it. And along the way, we're going to be excellent. Yeah. I think that's kind of what, how the kind of the old saying yeah. goes. Yeah. And that's, and that's all I, I think at the end of the day, that's all we can really ask for is right. that, you know, that, that, that someone or a team is, is going to just do their best and give it their all. Um, you know, it doesn't mean we'll always succeed, but, but, you know, when we, when we stumble or fall, we, you know, we'll, we'll stumble or fall as we're moving forward. Yeah. Love it. Well, so who are your heroes? Who, who, are, whose shoulders are you standing on, do you think? Oh, gosh. There's, there's so many and depends on which, which stage in my life I look back on. I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate right now to get to work with some of the, the greatest leaders in, in our industry and, and some of the, you know, Gary Keller, one of the greatest leaders in business. Um, you know, I mentioned John Davis, our, our president, who, you know, we work, um, you know, in partner, I work in partnership with um, our board members, Mary, Mary Tennant, Mo Anderson, and um, these are just great, talented, uh, and, and great role models as, as leaders. Um, but I can look back at, you know, Various stages of my life, and um, you know, think that I remember when I was in my early twenties at a, at a seminar. It was a uh, a motivational speaker that I'm sure you maybe have heard of, Dennis, Doctor Dennis Waitley. Oh yeah, and he had uh, he had um, recently written a book. Um, on, I mean, this, uh, oh, just forgot the title. Um, has the word winning in the title. Anyways, I, yeah, I remember seeing that in the front row and, and really not, I didn't know how I found my way to be in that seminar. And, um, he told a lot of great stories and I remember some of them, but he said one thing that, that just struck me to the core. And he said, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write these 10 two letter words up on the board. And he wrote, if it is to be, it is up to me. And, and for whatever reason, at that moment in time in my life, that, that just hit me like a lightning bolt. And, uh, I think from that moment on, I've, I've sort of known that I'm responsible for whatever successes or failures I have, whatever I accomplish or don't accomplish. It's not because of circumstances. It's not because of, you know, what someone did to me or didn't do to me or gave me or didn't give me. It was, it was on me to, to, to go out and, and make it happen. Man, I love that. I probably took, I probably took that too literally at, at certain stages in my life. But, yeah, but, but it's, it, but yeah. for the most part, it's, it's so true though. I mean, and, and what a great kind of epiphany, if you will. Yeah. Dennis Waitley is psychology of winning. Is that what he wrote? Is that, psychology yeah. of winning. That was it. Yeah. And he also wrote as, as a man thinketh, which I think everybody should read. I don't know if you've read that one or not, but as a man thinketh is a, uh, Mandatory reading. I haven't 
read Psychology of Winning, but I've heard of, I've heard about it though. Yeah, and that was like it was like a great book and very impactful when I was younger. Man, well, I got to tell you, Chris, I really appreciate this conversation, and I can tell. I mean, just from my observation, just from listening to you, you've got this humility about you and this intensity of will, and that combination makes, in my opinion, for a great leader. And so, I really do appreciate you taking the time to. Um, well, like I said, it's, it's an honor, and I, and I appreciate the opportunity to. to talk with you and share and, and appreciate what you do and, and bringing these conversations um, so that we can all benefit from them and learn from them. Yeah, definitely. What? How can people find out more about Keller Williams or get in touch with you or connect with you? What What, what do you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have anyone contact me directly. My email is chris.heller at kw.com. Uh, you can certainly find out a lot about Keller Williams um, either on our website, kw.com, or our YouTube channel, um, uh, Google Keller Williams or Chris Heller, and um, and there's, there's lots of information out there. Chris, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. Hope you're finding some great value in Dose of Leadership. Hey, go check out my website, doseofleadership.com. Get your free access to some videos or to my free ebook. Also, check out richardryerson.com if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, group coaching, seminars, needing somebody to speak at your next event, I'm always available. Check out more at richardryerson.com. Let me know where you're at in your leadership journey. I'd love to hear from you. Richard at doseofleadership.com. It's a great way to get in touch with me. Find me on my Facebook page, LinkedIn, Twitter. Get in touch with me. We'll make it a great one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.